Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. It's the beginning of the end. Da, da, da. Final season begins. That angers me that he can't fold that pizza. I had the same note. Wait, do you but, not like that part of the movie? Because that's, no, that's no, no, the no. movie. No. I thank God every day I know the lyrics to enter the same man. After brutal dumping. No, that sounds terrible. <laughs> after, <laughs> after I took a brutal dump. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mike Butler. And I'm Mike Field. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that for a variety of reasons was forgotten by audiences. Whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, or maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. If you enjoy our podcast, we want to hear from you. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Find us. Our podcast is available on all platforms with a backlog of over 200 episodes for your listening pleasure. What's going on? Nothing, you know. You remember how I was scrubbed from NASA while I left NASA because, you know, a family tragedy. And Your dad I, died. I, yeah, I had to take over the family farm. I do, I do remember that. Well, I haven't given up the dream. Excellent. So I've been building a very illegal rocket in my barn, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm going to space field. The astronaut butler. <laughs> <laughs> we are doing the astronaut farmer this week. That is what Mike was referring to. So uh, let me give you the synopsis and the facts, and then we'll get into it. Charles Farmer, a rancher who once trained to be an astronaut, decides to fulfill a lifelong dream. He builds a rocket in his barn and plans to pilot it from space. Though he faces foreclosure on his ranch, the disbelief of his neighbors, and threats from the government, Charles remains determined to reach for the stars. Aw. That's so nice. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the astronaut farmer is rated PG. It's 104 minutes. It's a production budget of $13 million. It came out on February 23rd, 2007. That was a Friday. And it's opening weekend, it did $4.4 million. Totally domestic, it did $11 million. International, $127,000. So it gave it a worldwide total of $11.1 million. It was produced by Polish Brothers Construction and Spring Creek Pictures and was distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures. It came out on the 23rd of February. Of February. It went up against a wide release, the number 23. Reno 911 my, uh, Miami. Mm. Is it just called Miami? Is that right? No, I think it's Reno 911 Miami. Miami yep. yeah, yeah. The Abandoned and Amazing Grace. I've actually seen only Reno 911 and the number 23. Oh, I actually saw all of those. You saw The Abandoned? What is, is that the horror film, it's right? It's a horror film, yeah. Man, I never, I just, like, I, it sounds familiar, but I just blocked it out of my memory. I never saw it again. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That's around the time, like, all that kind of started, all those kind of mid-budget kind of horror movies like definitely have a budget right right but like we're really quick to produce like the blumhouse films yeah that's like kind of where it all kind of started gotcha uh the week after the second of march you had wild hogs i did see that (laughs) zodiac which is fantastic and black snake moan which i don't know if i've I've seen it i don't know if i liked it i know why everyone loved it but yeah i never really loved it because christina ricci's in our pajamas yeah i know know. (laughs) Uh, the week before the february 16th you had a wide release of ghost rider bridge to terabithia and breach I've seen, I think I've seen Breach. I think all, all three of those. I haven't seen Breach. It sounds familiar, but I don't think it's I saw with that. Ryan Felipe, Philippe, and Tim Robbins. I think, I think that's the one where it's, he's the, he works as a data analyst or a, I don't know. I'm all probably, right. I'm probably remembering that wrongly. Mm. 
This is directed by Michael Polish. Uh, he did Twin Falls, Idaho, North Fork, and Terror on the Prairie. It's also written by Mark Polish and Michael Polish, the Polish brothers. I talked about them, I think, last podcast when we were talking about this film. Much like the Coen brothers usually do a lot of their films together. Uh, so they, their credits are usually the same. I talked about Twin Falls, Idaho, obviously North Fork. Uh, I also did Jackpot. American Trader, The Trial of Axis Sally, which is a TV movie, I believe. I'm not sure because I don't. It just came out. It came out like either last year or the year before. 2021, it says. Yeah. A lot of the films that come out in the last, since 2020, or the films that got pushed from 2019 because of the pandemic, they just, they I think they just get lost in the shuffle. They come out and nobody knows about them because, just because of the pandemic and, and all yeah. that stuff. You just, I think, because I'm interested in that movie, but never heard of it. Never heard. You know what I mean? It's it's because I've heard the other films, but right. whatever. Cinematographer was M. David Mullen, who's done, who's doing the marvelous Mrs. Maisel at the TV show on uh, Prime Video, and he did the movie Jennifer's Body. Composer was Stuart Matthewman, who's done Norfolk, Jackpot, and Nona. Edited by James Haygood, who's done Tron Legacy, Fight Club, and The Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger is a movie we did. Actually, Tron Legacy is a, we're big fans of that movie, but yes. we never did it. No. Produced by Len Amato. Uh, Mark Polish, Michael Polish, and Paula Weinstein. Amato, uh, uh, Weinstein's no relation. Amato is uh, done Blood Diamond and Analyze That. I believe they also did Analyze This. And Weinstein's done the TV show Gracie and Frankie and the movie The Company Men. So this film has Billy Bob Thornton as Charles Farmer, who uh, won an Oscar for writing for Sling Blade. He also was nominated for his role in Sling Blade for acting. He also was nominated for an Oscar for A Simple Plan, which is a movie we did. And, of course, Armageddon, which was on the other day. And I was watching it. And I'm like, I miss these type of films. I'm getting great. I like it's not. I, I, I it's not perfect. Well, no, it's but but, it's, but it's like I miss those big event films because they've been replaced by the generic Marvel, Marvel films. Yeah. And it's like when those are all the same, it's just not fun anymore to watch like a big time summer event film. Like oh, at yeah. least like with Armageddon and like you know, I guess even Deep Impact or like Speed or like those films from the nineties. Right, they were all had their own right, niche. right. So he's got the best line in Armageddon. Who Billy Buffett with yeah, the because he gets to say the f word. Oh, right, what right, you right. doing is wrong, and you fucking know it. And like <laughs> everyone in the theater is like, "Oh my god, it's PG thirteen, and he said the f word." <laughs> <laughs> you also had Virginia Madsen as Audrey Farmer or Audie, as he calls her. That's his uh, Charles' wife, nominated for an Oscar for the movie Sideways, and she's also in the original Candyman and the movie The Prophecy. Max Theriot is Shepard Farmer, his his son from TV show Seal Team. Uh, he's obviously much older now. TV show <laughs> Fire Country, which is new, and he's in the 2015 Point Break. Bruce Dern is Hal. Uh, she's he is Audie's father. Uh, he's in Silent Running, an episode we did. Uh, Digstown, an episode we did. <laughs> the Burbs, an episode we did. Apparently, this is uh, our fourth Bruce Dern film. Yeah, he's also been nominated for uh, two Oscars: one for Nebraska, and the other is for Coming Home. John Grease as FBI agent Kilborn from Napoleon Dynamite, real genius in the TV show The White Lotus. Mark Polish is uh, FBI agent Mathis, so obviously that's the one of the brothers. It's in Stay Cool and the Bridge of Sam Louis Ray. Tim Blake Nelson is Kevin Munchak. He's the lawyer of Charles Farmer. He's from Nightmare Alley, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, and Minority Report. Yeah, J.K. Simmons is the head of the FAA. Yes. Yes. Uh, he plays Jacobson. He's been he won an Oscar for Whiplash, was nominated for being the Ricardos, and he's also in Juno. Uh, Julie White as Beth, who is the uh, school nurse and also the town psychologist, because this is a small town. Right. She's a, she plays the mother of uh, Sam Witwicky in the Transformer movies. If that sounds familiar to anybody. Oh, okay. Right. I mean, I've seen her in other stuff, but I forgot. Yes, but that's where you would know her. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she's also in the movie Lincoln, 
And then you had uh, the Polish brothers had both their kids in this movie as the younger daughters. Yes. Yeah. And then Bruce Willis is an uncredited role, which is funny because he's in it a lot. Yeah. But it's I uncredited. I was like, where is he on here? He's got a whole scene. Yeah. So uh, he's Colonel Masterson. He plays, I, he knew Charles when he was in the program and he kind of comes in. They bring him in to kind of talk Charles out of this and, and whatnot. Right. All right. So I had seen this before. I don't know if you had or not. I did not. I knew nothing of the movie. And then as it's going, I was like, oh, I remember the trailers for this mm -hmm. movie. Okay. So I'm interested. What do you think? It's uh, PG. It's, it's not a bit. It's, it's the premise is absolutely unbelievable, but it has a really good theme and it's telling a really good story. And other than one toward the end, I just, a moment that I that's a huge story moment that I don't like. Okay. Uh, I think the rest of the movie tells a really good story, has really good lessons, and uh, it's just about not giving up and following your dreams. Right. And the fact that it kind of starts real quick keeps that feel good feeling for most of the movie. I really enjoy. I, I think more movies like this need to come out that aren't super hokey because I don't think this does it in like too hokey of a way. Like, toes the line really well. Right. And most movies would go over into like hokey territory trying to tell a story like this. Melodramatic. It would yeah. get really sappy. And yeah, I agree. It's also a really tight film. Like you said, 104 minutes. That's a great runtime for this film. Yep. Uh, not too short, not too long. What was the moment that you really didn't like? His first takeoff was just absolutely, okay. I, I did the, not like the that. CGI or just the whole idea, the whole idea. I mean, just the whole movie has been about him having his family. You know, his son's going to be the best mission control person. Doesn't even get him. Doesn't even wake him up to do it. Mm -hmm. And just tries to go for this rocket. I just was like, that is totally out of character. You know, I get, oh, you had a week left before, you know, the FAA kind of grounds you or whatever. Right. But like, you had a whole week. And so you just take off the next night and not tell anybody. It was yeah. super out of character and super just like, hey, we have to pad 25 minutes into this movie. Uh, I thought when it came, when it started, I do like it when the, all the glass in the house explodes when she's walking. Well, cool, I thought yeah. that was good. Um, but the problem that I had with that moment is number one, the CGI was a little dated, but I get it. It's a, it's a $13 million production movie. So I get it. Oh, there's, you know? there's some yeah. bad effects. Yeah. It's, it's, I understand that. I'm going to, I'm going to, I will allow that. Um, but I thought it was a dream sequence. I thought and, I and, no. and I think it's just because of the way it was presented, uh, the way it came up out on screen. It just was so it quick. Felt, it felt very much like this is this isn't happening, right? This this because uh, they just wait, you know, waited for him to wake up or something. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what throws me out of that moment, out of that scene when it starts. And then when you realize this isn't a dream, then you're like, you kind of it, it takes you out of the movie a little bit. So you kind of can't get back into it. So sure. I understand what you're saying there, that that whole moment, that whole scene, you're just kind of like, Oh, I don't, I don't know how I feel because I think, I didn't think this was real. Well, yeah. Once he slams on the ground, mm -hmm. I really thought, like mm -hmm. you said, it's going to be a dream sequence. And my note is as he's in the hospital, I go, wait, it's not a dream. Right. It just doesn't match his character. It doesn't match what the movie was trying to tell you. Sure. And it makes Hal's death from a deus ex machina into like a deus, deus, deus ex machina. It was just like, so, it was too much. So you didn't buy it because you didn't think that the character of Charles Farmer would do that, that he would get that desperate to do that. I didn't think you he'd didn't get so that. desperate. He wouldn't involve his family after everything. 15 right. minutes prior, they had just gone through it. They're arguing and everything. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't believe like just. OK, you didn't make it, but now you're going to make it because it's a feel good movie. So I knew he was going to rebuild his rocket and go into space, mm -hmm. but it just was so unbelievable there. All their money troubles get solved by Hal's death. Mm -hmm. So Hal passes away peacefully. And leaves his family about five hundred thousand dollars right. altogether. Right, ridiculous, like absolutely. Just here's here's all these problems we set up in the movie. We need to solve them somehow. 
And clearly, because Hal's or because Charles is going to take off without telling anybody and fail, all his advertising is for not on his rocket. So right. it's just absolutely just every problem solves itself because of the death of Hal. Did you even see the advertising when he started taking off? I couldn't remember if it was on I, there. I was so distracted by right. the fact that it was stupid, and the rocket <laughs> just launches sideways. Well, because it doesn't, it doesn't have yet. enough. It doesn't have enough fuel. They, they make sure that they decided didn't it wasn't, wasn't enough. enough. Yeah, because yeah. even when he was figuring, he was working it out with his son. His son's just like, yeah, sure, it makes sense. But he really wasn't farmer for fuel. Yeah, because right. he couldn't understand the equations. His dad was just jotting down. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, they didn't. They never really go into the intelligence level of the of the son. I mean, you get. I mean, you got to be somewhat smart. To, to kind of handle all that. You get that um, his son's obsessed with space, but yeah, you don't you, get, you don't get a lot with his son. Yeah. That. It's tough because I think you're towing the line of you're adding another 20 minutes. If you're going to start building out and because the son, the, the fleshing out the son character, because the son character doesn't have a lot of screen time in terms of his own growth. It's always just off of his father. This is definitely yeah. Billy Bob Thornton's film. Uh, so I think that you kind of lose every, you get him and his wife. You get a lot of that. You don't get a lot with the sun. I wouldn't have minded one scene with the sun because the sun, so many like camera angles focus on Shepard. Sure. And are like, just like, all right, this is Shepard's reaction to this. So then I need to see Shepard's thought process. He's not uh, Sunshine and what was the other girl's name? Oh, uh, Sunshine and Stanley. Sunshine and Stanley. She's not, he's older than that. So his emotions are more complex. Like a mm. father son scene would have worked better or. Let's say after he does the rocket and, and Shep's just like, we can rebuild it. I looked at the barn. We can re like mm -hmm. the scene should have been Shepard being pissed at his dad for completely ignoring the fact that it was also Shepard's dream to help him get yeah. into space. There's also that idea that when he when the rocket goes off, just to go back to that rocket scene, the rocket goes off and it crashes. Like, I don't know if he would get the rocket back. I think that the government would oh, take I, that. I think so as well. Yeah, I, I don't. Once he once he started his initial liftoff, I think they would have confiscated all of his material because they would have said he would have deemed him a threat. He fired a missile, you know, like that kind of. Because yeah. there, there there's that whole talk where when he goes to the board of the FEA board, where they're going to determine whether he's going to get permission to do this, and they're basically like, you know, this rocket you build is based on this style Apollo rocket, which was a, a which, missile, which is also a missile. So you're building a missile, and you know that kind of thing. Yeah. So. I think that they would have just wrapped it around that and they would have taken oh, it. Oh, yeah. Especially it almost kills all the news crew. Yeah. Like, boom, they, they, yeah. yeah I, that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little, that was a little weird. Again, but that also went towards the fact that this can't be real. This has got to be a dream sequence when we're watching it. <laughs> I just don't think the film needed that. You have to have a moment where the, because the whole thing is farmer's obstacle. He doesn't really he, obstacles for him to get this off the ground. Yeah, you're really just making the FAA one. You have to have a crisis of conscience. It, I mean, this is just obviously this is like not a writing blueprint, but you also have to have the um, the character fail overcome once. something internally. Right. Yeah, so that's where this comes in. Probably could have been if it. It's tough to say, like, well, if they did it like this, Mike, would it be better for you? But you know, maybe if this was presented a little bit better, he could have just failed the rocket launch. Sure. Without blowing it up. Right. Yeah. Maybe not shooting off and, and getting like, yeah. well, no one believes in the farmer. And then he loses trust. Everybody in town. He becomes even more of a laughing stock. Mm -hmm. They gave up on him quick, too. Oh, yeah. They were like, we're going to wash this. Yeah. Off. They're like scrubbing everything out. It's like, guys, it's like, all right. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. And and they don't really get the sense of you get the one guy, Frank, in the in the diner yep. who's ripping on him to his wife. but And then you kind of get Beth, who is his former flame. 
Well, you get the lawyer, or not the lawyer, the uh, banker as well. Who's the his banker friend, is his friend, but I get that kind of you know you owe what you owe the bank money. I get that his lawyers, so but his money. lawyers behind him. You don't really get like he's ostracized by the community. Like I'm thinking about like the ostracization of like uh, in Ghostbusters Afterlife of Egon. Going oh, to that farm, right? You're the dirt yeah. farmer, like that kind yeah. of thing. Like you don't get like that level. You don't even get any midway. So I'm wondering if maybe we needed some of that. I don't. That's just. I feel like that yeah. would have created a conflict that then you wouldn't need. Once he fails, he no longer becomes the inspiration to everybody that you sure. think. And then maybe you can have a moment where Shep's like, "Hey, I figured it out." Right, right. right. Shows Shep's brilliance and also gets him back in the sky. Mm-hmm. So don't believe he can. He buys another rocket. They save their house and they buy another rocket with what your kid's tuition. So now your kids aren't going to college. I don't, <laughs> I don't no. understand it. I just really don't like that part either. That whole, the, the, the whole second building of the rocket. Leaving so, so much oh, money. right, and right. Yeah, rebuilding the entire rocket. I knew it was coming. I was like, you're going to rebuild the stupid rocket. They're going to build a whole nother rocket. Yeah. First of all, the FBI is already on to you. If I was the FBI, I'm not letting you buy this fuselage. You're not, you're not buying any of this. Well, I think they just anymore. re, I think they just put together the old stuff they had. I don't think they went out and got new stuff. I mean, he bought the rocket fuel. Right. And then they trick them that way, which I don't get how they which, tricked yeah, them, but you don't all right. Really see how they, they just send another guy out to right. get it. They send out their their farmhand. The that's their their friend basically. Yeah. The guy that works for them. Uh so yeah, so they figure that out. Um I was gonna say, I was gonna ask you, I think that if this movie doesn't have if this is a if there's a different actor in this role, would you think this movie would work? Because I think this is like I really like Billy Bob Thornton in this role. I think he's like I think people I mean, I don't I don't know. I every time I watch Billy Bob Thornton, I like him. I think people don't give him enough. I think he's sneaky good. Like people don't give him enough. Oh yeah, credit. I think he has that southern charm. Right. Where it's like that's all. He's just southern charm, but he's a really good actor. Right. Like that's just part of like his repertoire that he can use. Right. See, the thing is, like he is in this movie, and he is effortless, but he doesn't. He doesn't overreact to. Like he doesn't get. Over, like he's in within his character and he right, allows yeah, everybody yeah. else around him to do what they need to do. Absolutely. Like, you know, when you see, when you meet Colonel Masters and Bruce Willis and stuff like that, like Colonel Bruce Willis is very charismatic in this film and he's coming and he's having Joe's having a good oh, time. He comes in like the classic at what you would picture right. night, uh, an old astronaut. But that's, like yeah, that. that's not going to work if, if, if a different actor is trying to match that, you yep. know what I mean? Like if Billy Bob Thornton's letting him do all that because he's playing Charles Farmer and he knows, he knows who Charles Farmer is. So I just think that's, but he can go from a movie like Simple Plan or Sling Blade, and I totally believe he's this moron country bumpkin, like sure. got something wrong in his brain. But then I absolutely believe in like Armageddon this, that he's 100% brilliant, you know, NASA scientist. I, I absolutely buy that as well. And you've never seen the first season of Fargo, right? Because he plays a hitman in no, Fargo. No, I still yeah. gotta watch the TV Cause, show. Because he's like, he's like super scary in Fargo. I believe, like, I believe he, he can play super scary. He's well, pretty, yeah. but he's like, like that, like that evil, like, you know, like, hey, don't mess with me. Like, cause it's like that kind of thing. Like gotcha. he's really good. Um, so I think that's the thing. He can, he can do all that. And I, so I, that's what prompted my question is like, do you think anyone else could have been Charles Farmer in this role? Yeah, exactly. I mean, me, yes, maybe. I don't know if it would have been different, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the movie itself is so feel good that like, true. I, I still might wanted to, I still would have been okay with it. Like if Bruce Willis played, Farmer, I still might be okay with it. Mm-hmm. You'd need somebody who's like an everyman like that. But like, oh, obviously, yeah. Bruce Willis is kind of cheesing it up as that kind of like. Well, he's the hotshot astronaut. The hotshot astronaut. Yeah. But like, he's, play, he's played the everyman so often. You need an actor who can play 
the everyman. See, I don't, th- I don't think Willis works. could do this role because I think Willis would would do a bunch, kind of kick some wisecracks in and here and there. So Maybe. you know what I mean, like so because the line that one of the lines that I thought was hilarious, and I think that if if somebody like Willis or somebody who has a little has all these zingers throughout the movie, this line's not going to be as funny as It'd it was. A little too much, too winky, kind right? Because when he when they talk about the WMD. And he oh, was yeah. like, what, what are, you, are you making a WMD? He's like, no, because if I was building a weapon of mass destruction, you wouldn't have found it. it. And it was like, <laughs> that's obviously topical, yeah. but it's hilarious because it's just like, I mean, I laughed out loud again. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that like that line doesn't work if the whole movie Farmer is cracking wise. Bill Paxton. Oh, Bill Paxton would have been good. If he if he kept that like low key. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. You need someone who plays the low key, can play the low key everyman really easy. Right. He can't be like, Bill Paxton would have to rein it in too. You know what I mean? Like he would be have to be like, like a, even in Big Love. Like he, he gets is, a little excited sometimes. Well, and, but he's he, in Big Love. He's very charismatic and he could talk people into a lot of stuff because he's just that's how he is. Like, right. Hey, let me. But like he would have to even be sure it'd be a half of that just to kind of just be comfortable with who he is and say, like, this is what I'm doing. I'm chasing yeah. my dream. But like Charles isn't not charismatic either. No, I know he that. Find, but he's a quiet, effort, quiet charisma. Yeah. Quiet charisma. Because like as soon as like you got to talk to the news crew, he goes up on that horse and he's already joking with him. Yeah. He very at ease. Yeah. yeah. Very effortless in mm-hmm. what he says. Mm-hmm. He's got some other good lines I like about the uh, when he takes his kids out of school for five weeks to, yeah. to launch the rocket. <laughs> Like, uh, it was a, you know, one of the teachers said to me the other day, you know, what one of the teachers said they don't do science in school anymore because science isn't sexy. <laughs> and I was like, that sounds like a Southern ed- education. That's a deep South education right there. Yeah, I know. I was like, oof. <laughs> it's like three to five weeks stop. Three weeks tops. Five weeks. Five, five weeks, weeks five stop. Weeks. <laughs> <Kept going. laughs> You're just showing them how to read history. I'm going to show them how to make it. Right. So and- long, man. <laughs> 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 one of the things that I noticed in this film, my second watch, because this is probably, this is definitely my second watch uh, that I didn't really, maybe I didn't really consider in the first time was how beautifully lit this film is and how I, for lack of a better term, pretty this film looks. Uh, it was really nice. The funeral scene is beautifully shot. Well, that the opening when he's on his horse and he's, and he's, That's the, sunset, the, viscos, yeah. the, the scene when they go to the rocket and they have that long shot where they're standing in front of the rock and you just see the rocket oh, in, the, yep. in the background and they're, they're kind of in the background too, but they're, it's far away. They do that a couple of times. I think they do that twice. One time he's sitting there too. There, uh, the shots of the farmhouse, there's just a lot of really good looking scenes in this movie. And you know, that obviously is a testament to the Polish brothers, but also a testament to Mullen, the cinematographer, which makes sense because when you watch the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, that looks fantastic. Uh, that, that TV show is just it's full of color. So, so this film is uh, it almost one. Well, my note here is that a, even in the opening, a little bit of the beginning that it felt like a Norman Rockwell painting coming to life. A lot of times that that's kind of the like of him in the astronaut suit going across. that them at the dinner table, you know, just, just everything. Like, I don't know what it was, but it like, even like the shot of when they're, in the the lawyer's office up top at night, and you just see the sky, you see the town, the city the town below all lit up. I mean, that's a that's a great that's a great set. That reminds me of the office, the billboard office, and three billboard outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yep, same yep. kind of shot, looking down on the small towns. Yeah, you always know where you are. Yeah, I just I just really was impressed with the look of the film, and the reason why I bring it up is because I think I just missed that in my first watch, and this is what two thousand what did I say two thousand seven. Yeah. Oh, actually, the next two movies, the next, the next week's movie is 2007, too. I was like, oh, we're not going anywhere. Way to go. But yeah, so I just, I don't know. 
And, and that's just something I really noticed. I don't know if you caught that as well. I did, especially during the funeral scene. I was like, that is beautifully lit. Even the bar scene when he goes to pick up, tries to buy 10,000 pounds of rock, the jet fuel, it's all red. Yeah. That whole bar. Yeah. So how much do you need? 100,000 pounds. How <laughs> <laughs> much is that going to cost you? Way more than you have. Like when her credit card gets declined, I was like, yeah, I've been waiting for that the whole thing. You're like $500,000 in debt. <laughs> so why'd the bank let you? First of all, it's the bank's irresponsibility to let you get that far. Oh, what? For 50000 for the jet fuel? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, then, and then capitalize. Yeah. Well, it's because it's his best buddy. It's also a small. I know. Yeah. yeah I got like, you. Keep on increasing the credit. Yeah. I got you. When the government appears for the first time when they start driving to the house, felt very much like E.T. when they all showed up. Oh, I thought the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Which I love. It was just like, dun, 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 dun. they're all coming over the hills. I'm just like, ooh. There's a shot, though, when the FBI is coming over uh, and they first show the barn, somebody runs into the barn and locks the barn. And locks yeah, the I don't know what that was. They didn't really. Cause, yeah, because then Charles and Hal are both in the house. Mm-hmm. It could have been the, it could have been, been the state farmhand, farmhand but yeah. it, they never really reference it. So it doesn't make any sense. Exactly. Because they never like he's just talking to them. So you never see him like hiding. Yeah. Which makes sense because if he's like, uh, like, la migra, la migra, and he runs away, like, yeah. okay, maybe. But you don't get that. You just get him saying it after them interviewing him calmly. Yeah, I, I wonder if that was just a shot they had, establishing shot, and they just reused it or we'll, something. We'll go for it. Yeah, I mean that happens. I'm, I wonder that if they use that because there was that also what the funeral scene when he goes out again, another great looking shot when even it's at night and he goes out to talk to the surveyor. Oh, great, at, like they kind of have that, but it's like. They don't really, nothing really comes of it. It just, that scene just happens. It's just kind of reminds you like, Hey, the bank's looming. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. I th- actually, I think that kicks it into him trying to leave. I think that's where that comes from too. Uh, like, I think I like, they're going to take your house rocket. in a week. Yeah. 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 I think that's where the that FAA comes. is going to yeah. do six weeks, but you're going to lose your house in a week. Right. Right. You know, right. I own 352 acres. You ever try to find a body on that type, that size of land? <laughs> I'm not the bad guy here. You ain't the good well, guy. Ain't the good guy either. Yeah, that's a great line. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I like when they go to the Ferris, the, the carnival, and the FBI agents are following them. Oh yeah, and, they, and then uh, his wife has to, Audie has to dance with one of them, and she's yeah. like uh, doing the square dance. <laughs> it's like, why are you dancing? Like, oh, I get it, it's funny, but like, well, you don't need to just watch. Yeah, because they're all there. Like when they're playing horseshoes, and they're like, yes, and then they look at each other. And go, You've been here too. The uh, the them going out, I get. Because what he's saying is, right, you got to show them that you're normal people. You're not like in a cult. Right. But every single family member goes to the fair. Mm -hmm. So you left your rocket completely out in the open to both news crews that stayed and the FBI. Did the farmhand go? I think so. Okay. I was really waiting for a scene where they dismantle it. They dismantle it or just sabotage it somehow. Well, they've been there. They've checked it out. They were like, they, they already looked at it. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I think they're just, there's nothing he can do. I guess maybe there's nothing they can do until if he, I don't know, gets the fuel. Maybe that's maybe, it. I think they could have said Because he was it. making the fuel. So they didn't know that he was trying to make the fuel. Oh, because they, they thought he was going to buy it. Yeah. The only reason he got, on, he got on their watch was because he tried to buy it through electronic yep. transactions. So I think they were just waiting for that and then they were going to get him. Yeah. So maybe that was. They could have sabotaged. I, I don't know. They, they really just don't. They literally leave that up in the air in terms of like what they can and cannot do. And quite, quite honestly, that's not the movie. And I think that to your point that it's such a 
it's such a feel good film. Oh that yeah, they you don't do care. Right. But at the same time, I've seen so many movies where that happens that right. I'm just like waiting for it. Like, ugh. I get it. But it's a really cool moment when he launches and everyone comes out and looks at it. Right. I think that was a like when um, Beth comes out and she's like Charlie's farmer and she's like watching him go. I think that's a really cool moment. Uh, what did you think about all the stuff in space? Uh, okay. Why? A Earth looked terrible. Okay, I Even didn't catch 2007, that. It looked like a. Looks like they blew up a PlayStation, old PlayStation version of the Earth. Okay. Really blurry. Uh, the other thing is they didn't take into account line of sight communication. Like maybe not. Oh no, I've I've gone a quarter way around the world. Yeah, your your radio is not going to work. Your regular radio doesn't work. But then like he plugs something in. I when he fixed it. Because then he loses power. But he loses communication first. Right. Then he loses power and has no one to help him. Right. And then he fixes it, but then he's already back. You know, he's already circled the earth how many, however many times. He was only times. supposed to circle it eight times. He's only supposed to, right? Three. Is that what he what the initial plan yeah. was? Okay. Uh, so I thought that was kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. But yeah, even having the power failure, I was like, that's not what this movie is. You're just giving, you're just putting more drama in it than it needs to have. Of course. It's just kind of like, I don't need that in this kind of, that's not what this kind of movie is, nor does it need it. Well, of course, man. So I was I was mad with the space. <laughs> really? When then when he opens the uh the marshmallows, all I could think of was the episode of The Simpsons where Homer opens oh, the, the chips, uh, the ruffles. <laughs> they ripped. Well, his daughter's right. The cereal part of Lucky Charms do taste they like taste wood. Like wood yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I the same thing. Like yeah, you're right. They they taste like wood. And they and then you're always repeating when you're always burping. You're always tasting them. They're gross. They're gross. I can't have Lucky Charms anymore. I'm too old. All marshmallow. <laughs> <laughs> I like that his wife calls him by his last name too. Like farmer. she just calls him farmer. Maybe I'll get my wife to start calling me Field. Field. <laughs> Stop calling. <laughs> you got bad care. You got bad credit, but amazing character. <laughs> <laughs> what did you? Th- so we talked about Bruce Willis. It made me sad to see Bruce Willis on here because I felt, you know, obviously with his aphasia diagnosis. I know you hate, still hate him. It's, but, um, it's tough to know where the aphasia starts and where his the stories about him not being nice. Well, he, well again, this I don't really need to, we, Willis, we don't need to go into that. Sure. But what did you think about Bruce Willis? And I loved him in this yeah, yeah. classic Bruce Willis and being like super like turning his Bruce Willisness up to 11 to be like the cocky Air Force guy. Right. It was it was fun to see him being in a movie that I haven't seen. I didn't know he was in this because obviously not listed. Right. So there's very few Bruce Willis movies now where I haven't seen him. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see like classic Bruce Willis and something again and be like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, I think they're friends, uh, quite honestly. I think that they're oh, yeah, they've done three, yeah, three or four yeah. movies together already. So I think that, that he probably just did this as a favor for to Thorne or something like that. I do like it's kind of like the opposite of Armageddon. Oh, of course. Whereas like he wants to go up in the space and he's never been. And Bruce yeah. Willis was, was and now they, they swapped it. Right. Well, my wife hates Armageddon. I can't bring it up to her. She can't stand it. Oh, I know. I, but I keep bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Polish brothers talk about how they use their father as a role model for this film, which I thought was very nice. <laughs> Just to kind of give you a little um, backstory there. And also the scene where he talks to Leno during the credits is actually a real scene where they use they really have the audience members there. So for for so Leonard was, was recording like something. So he, like, hey, let's do this he came up and they they did that whole thing. So they actually, you know, were part of the movie, which I mean it's not hard to do, I guess. But I, it was like very like it was weird that Leno moment because I was waiting for like I'm not a huge Jay Leno fan. No, I didn't, I've never. So liked yeah, so and I, I as a, not as a person, as a person. I'm oh sure no, I'm sure he's a fantastic individual, and I know that he just got <laughs> he just had like a accident 
at his garage. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, I mean, obviously that's, yeah, I'm glad that he's okay, but like, I just never was, I'm never a big uh, late night guy anyway. So I'm not, so watching that, I was just like, all right, you know, whatever. He's just making jokes. I'm just like, they're not that funny. <laughs> <laughs> Classic late night. Right, right. Super soft jokes. <laughs> <laughs> if we don't have our dreams. We have nothing. And the other thing is without the rocket, we're just a dysfunctional family. I don't like that line. Why not? Because it makes them seem very unhealthy. It's wow. the whole thing is supposed to be they're like a good family, that they're not a cult. That, right, 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 right. But then right. that line, complete opposite. Mm-hmm. That line is like, without the rocket, we're just a dis- So once he goes up into space, what happens to you guys? Like, that was from her. That's her line, that's right? That's Audie's line, yeah. yeah. I don't like that line because I think that changes the dynamic of the family and changes the, the goal. Like, So he should never go into space then. He should always work on his rocket because once he launches, what do you guys got? clearly nothing now. right well you could make a case that she's saying that line in a moment of she's upset with him and she's just kind of well that's when she says that line when she gives him the money. oh the gives rocket. him the money well i think she's trying to make him she's trying to inspire him sure i get I, you i don't like that line okay for the audience i don't i don't think it helps the the theme of the movie right and makes me go well, should we call a child protective services person again <laughs> maybe cps needs to come back <laughs> is this your first You've probably seen North Fork, right? That's the one with uh, Charlize Theron, I think. North Fork? North Fork. North Fork? I thought, I think that, which, what, what's that? Which Claire one? Danes? Oh, Claire Danes. I'm thinking of a different movie then. No, um, no, not even. Tool Farm. Have you seen Nick any? Nolte, Anthony Edwards. Have you seen any Polish brother films? No. Okay. I had heard of the. Twin Falls, Idaho. Twin where Falls, was, Idaho. But I knew ones. nothing of it. Right. So when I was looking up, I was like, "Conjoined Twins." It's. It, I was like, yeah. "This seems like a David Lynch movie." <laughs> uh, they it it that movie, yes, but it's not as not as Lynch as you think. Mm. Um, they they do a lot of their stuff is like their stuff is very interesting. It's very indie. So if you're ever on an indie, if you're ever in an indie film. Uh, mood yeah i would recommend their films because they're very independent very indie but but they're telling they're telling stories that are they're fascinating sure so this is probably their most uh hollywood film yeah yeah i was gonna say mainstream film yes this is probably their most mainstream relatable film but everything so uh but yeah so if you haven't seen their other stuff i I do recommend it They're, they're 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 very good filmmakers um a lot of the uh a lot of the Reviews I read were just all positive, so I didn't really. I I, I have oh, them, this? yeah, but I'm not gonna really. I wasn't really gonna go through them because we I we both like this film, so I always like the I always like to have the antithesis the of antithesis. what we. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard not like. I know I was going on about the problems at the beginning, but that's because I like the film so much. It's just that's something we could talk about. But other than those small issues, I think the story is telling you something that's important and worthwhile. So it's tough to like knock the movie on its. Well, no film's feel perfect. Good. Well, yeah, and it's tough to knock the movie on its feel-good premise because that's what it's supposed to be doing. Right, right, right. So, yeah, I would find it hard to, like, really knock this movie in terms of, like, a review. Well, who would you recommend this film to? Everybody? Pretty much anybody. Dreamers? Dreamers, people who have, like, a goal. <laughs> right. People who don't want to give up on the goal. Like, I think this tells a really good message that, I mean, obviously, this one's about going to space and being an astronaut, but I think it goes to everybody and anyone. You know, I like his line when he's in... And I didn't write it down. I forget what he exactly he says. But after their fight and he's lying in bed with his wife. And he's just like, I have nothing without like he says it in the thing. If without our dreams, we have nothing. Right. But that's what he says to the council. He says something else to Audie at the end. And I'm like, that's that was a really nice line. About how he doesn't know if 
that's what he has is his dream. Right. And that he's just going to be nothing and hollow without it, basically. Right. Right. What What are my kids going to think if I don't? Exactly. If I yeah. don't do it. Yeah, exactly. And she kind of re- re- apes that back to him when she says they're going to, you know, you show them, you know, what you can do. And that kind of, right, yeah. right. 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 Uh, I had the, I had the thought, I wonder if you had that thought when he's talking, when he gets up and he starts talking to the FBI and he stands up and he talks about how, like we went to the moon in 69 or 60 or something like that. We had the race and we had the moon yeah, yeah. in 69 and he's just like, what happened? I'm like, yeah, what happened? Oh, like, uh, that, absolutely. That, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Same, same idea. That's, that's why I know I keep telling we you to watch for all up. mankind, Yeah, but that's like that. I watched that show. On, on Apple Plus, and I'm just like, why are we not on the moon? Well, like, I watched. I mean, this is coming out. It was a while ago now, but I watched the Artemis One launch, mm-hmm. and I was just like, I stayed up and I watched it on YouTube, and I was mm-hmm. just like, yes, yeah. And they made a big deal because it is a big deal. It is. It took what 69, so 40, 50 years yeah. to get there again. There's no reason why we shouldn't be it's on there. So right ridiculous. Now. Yeah. Right. That's that's. I mean, it, I think was it. It's in this movie when he says, like, do you think that if another country was oh, yeah. colonizing the moon, you don't think that we would be up there? Yeah, we'd be up there stopping them. Right. Because we think every, it's all ours. Exactly. And it's not. Exactly. I think that. I just, but that's the thing. It's like there's no one else to compete. Right. At the moment. At the moment. So right. the United States like, yeah, if we don't have an enemy to do something, if we're not just fighting. Exactly. You can't just do it for the man, for the what good of mankind. You yeah. have to you have to beat somebody else. What is that? that I mean, I guess that's you could say that's human nature. Oh, sure. You know, that's not but just, I don't think that's just synonymous sucks, with yeah. America. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. We just have the money to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You're darn right we do. So why is this <laughs> forgotten then? Uh, I think the feel good, I think well, it didn't make a lot of money. Well, I think it's, it's tough to make people want to go to a feel good movie. Uh, People want to go see action. People want excitement, especially course. when I talk about space. And it's not really about space. So if so, you're trying to tell somebody about, hey, I know you like space stuff, but Space stuff kind of sucks, and it's only like five minutes of the movie. Right. Then somebody who likes space is gonna be like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. And the premise of the movie is really stupid. <laughs> Some guy tries to build a rocket in his barn. If you tell somebody that, they'd be like, I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. But like within the movie, you get the background of well, he was an ex NASA astronaut. He's literally a rocket scientist uh, who just happened to inherit a, a farm and sure. stuff. So I think the premise, without really going into too much detail might turn people off as being too unbelievable. And in some ways it is unbelievable. I mean, that barn would be destroyed. <laughs> yeah, anybody's no. watched an actual rocket launch that probably the house would be blown up in flames as well. Mm-hmm. That, that's all gone. Um, but I think that's enough. That's a, probably a pretty big reason. I think the February release date is good. I don't know. If, see, that's the thing. I don't know if I like it in February because it's winter. I think maybe September because of just how the movie is and because it's in the stint in, in Texas. It's warm. I think sure. a September after, after, Kind of like a feel-good movie after the summer ends okay. kind of thing. That's all. I just don't think it's a February film. I just didn't think it was a winter, like a holiday release or a summer release. I agree with that. So I yeah, September would work as well. Yeah. Uh, but it's not really going up against anything of its own. True. Ilk, That's true. Which is nice. So it's tough too, because a movie like this, like just kind of like how Ted Lasso came out, like during the quarantine, during the pandemic, like that's what people needed. A yes. movie like this, I feel like people need this film. And I don't know. It, you almost have to have the perfect release time. So to I think catch it right. Yeah. I, so I think that I mean, we talk about how when I don't know if we've I think we've talked about it on the podcast how when Spielberg did Terminal like that was because he wanted to do something like a love letter to America because it was after nine eleven and he wanted to do I think something we to right. Yeah. yeah. Right. I think like I mean you could say like maybe this is six years after nine eleven. So you can say maybe like that's kind of where this is coming from. I think that this is a movie that almost you need to you it may come into your life when you need it maybe maybe it's that you know what i mean like sure. it's really tough to kind of 
pin down like, you know, it's not going to be a, a huge success unless it came out at the perfect time. Uh, and I mean, also, I think not a lot of people I think are interested in space as much maybe as we are. Maybe, maybe, you know what I mean? Maybe. So I mean, I think that, yeah, that's an aspect that maybe get, gets missed out. I will say that I would recommend this to anybody. I think it's a great family film. I think it's a great Saturday night film. Kind of like, hey, let's watch it short. Like we talked about, it's tight. Yep. Um, I just also think it's beautifully lit. It looks fantastic. And it's well acted. I think uh, aside from like the little stuff that we're talking about, there's really and no movie's perfect. I think this is a really strong film. And I think it would be it, like, I think like if it was too long, if it was like 15 minutes oh, longer, down become I think yeah. we would be, I think we would feel differently because sure. it's 104 minutes. I think it's just like, yeah, this is, this is good. It, it creates certain things that like create drama where it doesn't have to happen. Right. Right. But other than that, everything that happens is in service of the story. The comedy's organic. Really yeah. yeah. The comic touches are organic to the story itself. There's funny moments. There's cute little things that happen. It's not like you talked about. It's not melodramatic. It's not sappy. Yep. I mean, great lines. Right. There's emotion in there, of course, but it doesn't feel forced and it doesn't feel like you're not groaning. Yeah. When Hal, like when Hal passes away, it's a nice moment. It's a sad moment, but it's a nice moment. It's not, they don't, spend too long on it because that's not what this movie is right it's like jonathan kent dying in small <laughs> superman it's which which, like which version <laughs> not the kevin costner put in the hand up is no, the original uh, the original like <laughs> funeral scene how it's like sad but you know that things are gonna because it's a superman movie sure. you still know things are gonna turn out okay mm -hmm. so i i think that that helps it yeah but like and it's even though it's 2006 so it's a long time ago now i don't think that it completely is stuck in its time period either. Oh no, I think this I is think uh, it's still pretty relevant today. It feels timeless. It does, yeah, because yeah, there's not like no one's on cell phones. They like email that one guy. Mm -hmm. But there's no like too many corded phones or too many, mm -hmm. you know, this or that. It really is focused on that ranch, so anybody can yeah. kind of watch it. Yeah. I hear you. No, I, I get that. Uh sweet. We're gonna find us. You can find us at forgottencinemapodcast.com or forgottenentertainment.com as we are part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. While you're there, check out all the other great podcasts and video content we have for you guys. Uh, it's all really good, so check it out. And then uh, while you're listening to us, wherever you're listening to us, go ahead and like, rate, subscribe. All that good stuff helps the podcast. And uh, that's what I got. Enjoy us next week as we uh, stay in the same year. <laughs> uh, I, sometimes we like to space them out, but I guess uh, we failed here. Uh, I know. So we'll be doing the 2007 film Once, another indie uh, that I don't think you've ever seen before, right? Uh, I had not seen this. Okay. I had always listened to the soundtrack. <laughs> there you go. Because <laughs> I like Len Hansard. But, great soundtrack. Yeah. Great soundtrack. And uh, we'll talk about that next week. So that's once. And until then, everyone, have a great week. I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema.